0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Chantel Jolland, a London-based managing director for Digital Investigations and Discovery with JS Held, a global consulting firm. Hi, Chantel, how are you?
1: good thank you how are you
0: i'm very well i'm I'm honored to be speaking with you today so tell us about your background and your role at js held
1: okay so i'll try to do the abridged version so i i don't know if you can tell from the accent but i'm originally from australia so i qualified as a solicitor in australia and then i moved over to the uk about 15 years ago i did a number of contract roles in law firms and i got familiar with some document review platforms. I don't know if you remember back in the day, there was a tool called Introspect. There was another tool called Clearwell. Names that aren't household anymore, but that's where I got my introduction to the world of e-discovery. So for the last 11 and a half years, I've been working at Herbert Smith Freehills in the e-discovery department and I have worked. So I worked also in the New York office and the Australian office. So a big part of my remote there was global working, follow the sun, just trying to get people talking and working more efficiently, really. So I then moved over to JSL two months ago, so I still feel like a newbie, but a big part of my role is to grow the digital investigations and discovery practice in AMEA. So we have, I'm working very closely with my U.S. colleagues. So that's why I'm looking forward to meeting them in person next week at Legal Week. And really just hopefully building on my e-discovery experience and really going out to work on a wider range of matters. So not necessarily only working with law firms, but also working with corporates and also working with digital forensics, of course.
0: So you mentioned that before assuming your current position, you spent 11 and a half years or so with Herbert Smith Freehills focused on similar matters. But how has the approach to digital investigations and e-discovery evolved over the past decade?
1: There's no surprise. It's changed a lot. I, I really do remember paper and printers. I have printed probably five pages in the last year, so it's just hard copy is really not a thing anymore. But also I think the big difference is about 10 years ago, I spent a lot of time at that time. I was, it was called predictive coding because of the tool that I was using, but really convincing lawyers to use technology-assisted review. I was explaining terms like threading, whereas now I don't feel like you need to convince lawyers to use technology. They are convinced. They know they're a lot more savvy. They know that they have to use it. So it's not really about whether or not to use it. It's just about which tools to use. So the advice is actually becoming more complex, in and it's really becoming more focused on, the process, how to use the tools, and what sort of combination of tools can be used rather than why we should use them at all. And I do think that is the trend. And it's not even just with younger lawyers as well. It's like lawyers across the grades. But yeah, it's just about education really and making sure everyone's aware of what's available.
0: How do the differences in the litigation processes between the UK and the US, among other jurisdictions, affect the approach of discovery in each region?
1: I actually don't think that the UK and the US processes are that different. So I work really closely with my New York colleagues on matters. And yes, of course, there are, anyone can tell you, there are different rules. The federal rules of the civil procedure in the US compared to the civil procedure rules in the UK, there are differences, but fundamentally really people want to cooperate. I would say that 10 years ago, there were a lot more tactics in the UK around disclosure and am I doing the right thing, trying to kick holes in the other side's disclosure. Whereas now there's a lot more focus on collaboration and cooperation with the other side. And also just when it comes to productions, it's all about risk and trying to reduce the risk of a mistake. and that's the same in the US and the UK. I have actually seen a bigger difference with Australia. So in Australia, they have quite bizarre methods, which is to PDF everything up front and actually use the same number that throughout the life cycle of the matter. So a unique identifier gets assigned at the start of the matter for that document, and then it's used. So whereas in the UK, you assign a disclosure number at the time of disclosure. So, what this actually means is that at the time of productions, it's a lot quicker because you don't have to assign a number that's sequential. You don't have to then PDF it if it is, in fact, going in a PDF. But what it does do is it's actually storing a lot of extra data. So, you're like potentially thousands of documents that are PDFs are sitting there and you don't. then it might not even be relevant. So it's actually just a waste of space. So I think that leads on to, I have a big focus and passion for sustainability. And I don't think data and storage cost money. And I don't think that you should be storing additional versions or copies of data that you don't need. So I think that there will actually be a shift in Australia. And I have seen it already with some different protocols coming out and there's a lot of commentary and the government has asked for changes. So I do think there will be a change over the next five years to be more consistent with sort of UK and US processes and disclosure protocols.
0: Given your law firm experience, in what types of litigation matters are alternative legal services the appropriate solution?
1: So I actually can't think of any matter where you shouldn't consider it, to be honest. I remember having a conversation with a partner about five years ago where he said, oh, no, this is a strategic advice matter. C-suite, employees of the company. It's really not something that you can help with. And really, I would beg to differ (laughs) and disagree with that. And I would argue that even if there's one document, we can still help. So I had a matter where it was one contract, and it was, yeah, a 300 page contract. And there were there was a need to um, replace some of the names with pseudonyms to make them anonymous, but also to differentiate, making sure those names are still recognized when there's like person A, person B. Um, and the partner on that matter had asked the trainee to actually just go through manually changing those. There were tools to do it. So I was able to say, actually, we can do this within an hour and then save so much time and money. I would say it it really doesn't matter the size. I think traditionally a lot of people associate eDiscovery with massive unitters with millions of documents. You don't have to have millions of documents. I, I think even a matter where you've got one document, but also even like a thousand documents, a small group of documents, it can be more efficient to use a platform. But yeah, no matter is too small or simple. Have client expectations of legal
0: technology deployment changed?
1: Yeah, I personally think that clients are savvy. They know what technology is out there. They are also demanding more for their money. And also, I, I really... Another controversial statement. I, I don't think we have time to go into the debate around billable hours and whether or not there's they're going to exist in the future. But I would say that we need to do things more efficiently. And the way that clients are going to ask for something is going to be based on a cost for the output. So whether or not they they want to ultimately get to an answer. And if you can do it cheaper or quicker or more effective or efficient than another person, you've got the advantage. You have to come up with creative ways to deliver what they want for less. So technology is the way that you can do that. And it's really about knowing which technology to use for which problem. So... There are a number of different pieces of tech out there. What I have found useful is actually going to community events. So I'm a member of Women in Tech and actually going to find out information from people outside of the legal sector. Because I think a lot of these client issues and problems, they span across lots of different industries. And we can learn a lot from just talking to people in other industries rather than just our own.
0: How do you see generative ai affecting digital investigations and discovery
1: two areas really so there's the e discovery process itself in the platforms so it's going to be integrated with platforms and then the second is the day to day use by lawyers so firstly when it comes to into generative ai is already integrated to a number of different leading document review platforms so there's no doubt that that is going to be used i think the main thing over the next year that i see is just more experimenting. I don't think we're going to get the pushback that we did with technology-assisted review and trying to convince lawyers to use it because it's so mainstream and everyone knows about it. The convincing part has been done for us because everyone's using it and everyone knows the limitations. It's public that we don't need to do that amount of work. So I think there's going to be a lot of experimenting, but I don't think over the next year it's going to be replacing the likes of continuous active learning. It's going to be just another tool to use in the toolkit. And then secondly, on the sort of day-to-day lawyer side, I think that there are going to be a number. So, I've already seen a number of tools that have come out for summarizing case judgments, for example. So, I certainly don't think lawyers are gonna be out of a job. That's sort of young lawyers are getting a bit worried and they're like, oh no, I'm not gonna have a job. But frankly, it's just gonna mean that their job is more interesting because they're gonna get to work on the interesting stuff and all the boring stuff is done for them. So I think the difference will be, they're not gonna spend time reading a long judgment and summarizing it. They're gonna read a summary that's AI generated but then verify it using other sources. So I think it's like, it's just the way that the processes are gonna be slightly different and
0: it's just gonna make work more interesting. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Chantel Jolland, a London-based Managing Director for Digital Investigations and Discovery with JS Held, a global consulting firm. Chantel, thank you so very much and best of luck in your new
1: role. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.